Welcome to Energy Matters, exploring awakening to your authentic self and finding purpose through mind, body, and soul. With your hosts, Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by IntuitiveVision.net and GroundedMind.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Energy Matters. I am here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Gandelman. Hey, welcome, Hello. David. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, it is good to be back. We, uh, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. We were got kind of out for a couple months, uh, took a little break from uh, the rigors of podcasting. <laughs> it's so difficult. Oh, so uh, hard. It's so hard. No, but actually we were tra- we've been traveling and kind of getting around, but it is great to be back. It's kind of fun. And we had a wonderful guest today. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when we get to have a guest on who uh, really is deep in the middle of doing the same type of work we do. Like she's a practitioner of, you know, energy healing and the energy arts. Uh, Christine Lang, she, she's an author. She has a book, The Body Whisper. And, and her whole thing is about kind of working in the realm of that communication between the spirit and the body. And it felt like, you know, this podcast, as we're talking to her, it just felt like we're talking shop. It's like all three of us are just like, oh, yeah, and then this happens. And then it looks like this. And, and it's, it's great fun when we can have, uh, you know, it's fun to explore new ideas and different things. But it's, I think it's really uh, just goes deeper when, when it's right in that groove that we practice every day. So. And she's so authentic and, and kind and just right on her path. And we were talking a bit after the show, we cut it. So you won't get yeah. to hear it, but I'm going to give you a little <laughs> snippet, a little bit about how many crazy ass healers there are out there. <laughs> how much, <laughs> how much wild stuff goes on in the world of healing and spirituality and intuitive work and that people don't know any better. A lot of times it's hard to find somebody good and somebody you can trust. And she really seemed so genuine and like a great uh, intuitive reader and healer. And she did a little bit of work on me. And uh, we'll get oh, into that's that. Right. We did. A little bit of work on me, actually. And my mom. Got a little and, spontaneous reading there. In the episode. Yeah. So got to stay yeah, tuned for that. That's a good one. Great that time talking one. to her. Yeah, it was fun to get off on that topic of kind of the woo-woo, but kind of that broader where people kind of jump into it and become a healer. But how do you kind of filter out if they've really done the practice? Like she feels like someone who put in the time, right? And really kind of has, you know, 20 years of of kind of being in the trenches and she's good and she's here to share that experience with us we're first of all right before we jump in the episode me and cody are so lucky that we get to talk to so many amazing people we've had i know people like lynn mctaggart on the show dr dean raiden uh i can go on it we've had so many cool guests. alan cohen i love alan cohen i love dr Alan. yeah, yeah. So many cool people and they bring their expertise and they come for free and they share sometimes decades of wisdom and they distill it into one hour for us. And I think it's so easy as podcast listeners, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and just tune in for a few minutes and go, oh, thanks for the wisdom, moving on to the, to the next thing. But just re- really realizing how special it is when somebody comes to sit with us and talk and, and share, and especially around a topic like medical intuition, which is very sensitive, you know, if you've got something going on and you need help. I mean, Christine really laid out a beautiful foundation of looking at this differently, I think, than most people see it. So uh, I'm excited to share this episode. And I had a, I got, I had a healing just from talking to her. Yeah, me too. And, and I think one of the, the great things that came out of it, and, and I'm reminded of in, in that foundation that she has is, she kind of helps someone guide them in their process of healing. It's like, it it reminds us that that we have to take agency in our own healing process and so much, and we kind of get into this in the show, but so much of the the way that we're brought up in the medical world is we go somewhere and they fix it for us. It's kind of the mentality. So we go into some lots of different topics, but it's really, really was. uh, So let's, let's jump into it. Before we go into the episode, if you enjoy listening, guys, do us a favor and rate us if you haven't. Yeah, we need a little counterbalance there in our rate. 
<laughs> we got one bad rating. All right. All right. Before we go in, I have to get this off my chest. <laughs> and this person's probably listening. I got criticized in one of our, our more recent episodes for asking a therapist, Dan Loney, what schema the president of the United States has. Which, If you haven't heard that episode, I think it's episode 49. Uh, we good. talk about fil- filters and it was so cool. And schema I don't know, therapy. someone got very, so... Very interesting. I didn't criticize anyone. I just asked what his assessment was. And uh, man, I got... So, we got our first one star. We've had <laughs> pretty good run. It was bound to happen. Of course, it's my fault because Cody doesn't say offensive things. It's, of course, it's on me. But anyway, so now, yeah, yeah. just uh, rate us to make us, we're men, we still have egos, you know, rate us to make us feel a little bit better. Someone's <laughs> listening, oh my God, you're a spiritual teacher and you just said that, I'm out, click. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, but David actually called me up and said, Cody, I have to apologize to you. I caused our first one like, star. For what? He's like, I caused our first one star. I don't even but think we felt, have two or three stars. I think. I don't yeah. know, but he felt, you know, really <laughs> guilty for those for you know whoever wrote that. He's he's like, <laughs> I apologize. Shame uh, to defend myself a little bit. My mother was the, Donald Trump's bookkeeper for years, and I have other friends that know him and have been around him. So my experience. It's more personal. Little I have personal. I have some yeah. stories that would make your head want to explode. I, I have never shared them, and I don't know if I will. But uh, <laughs> probably don't want. To. All I did was ask the question. The therapist <laughs> gave his assessment. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's kind of a loaded question, apparently. So I think from that, we all need a little bit of a healing. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Rate the podcast if you enjoy it. Energymattersacademy.com. Let's get into it with intuitive, medical intuitive, Christine Lang. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Energy Matters. I am here with a very special guest, Christine Lang. Hello and welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, great to have you on. And of course, I'm here with my co-host, David. Hello, hello, everybody. So we've got the West Coast, the East Coast, and the center of the country covered today. We were just talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) David's in LA, as always. Christine, you're from North Carolina, South Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome. So Christine is an author and an intuitive, a medical intuitive, which we're going to get into and talk about. Uh, She's an author of the book, The Body Whisperer. I love that. There's, you know, I've been the horse whisperer in my life. I've been uh, the ghost whisperer is the latest one among my uh, daughter's friends. They found out I was psychic and I I became the ghost whisperer. Yeah. (laughs) One of her friends uh, texted her and said, is your dad a ghost whisperer? <laughs> I just found his website. <laughs> I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, it's a fun thing to navigate this uh, <laughs> this interesting talent and ability that we have and uh, explore yeah. and share in the world. But anyway, welcome, Christine. We would, uh, of course, we want to get into the medical intuitive stuff. David and I are both very interested in that. We have a lot of questions, but. Sure. Before we jump into that, I think the thing I'm most fascinated about when I talk to guests really is their story, their conversion story. Yes. So many people have a conversion story, right? We're in life, we're kind of thrown in, try to figure this thing out. And we do the thing maybe we're told we're supposed to do and we find out that's not our thing and yeah. we don't really enjoy it. And then we have an awakening, you know, and we end up in this place where maybe these things that have been happening to us all our life, but we didn't understand, we start to explore a little bit, get a little information and the pieces fall together. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of how that happened for you and, sure. and where that led you. Because it, it's kind of funny, it leads us all in a little bit different way, like medical intuitive, not a thing for me, right? But, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, it's such a, it, and it, you know, to what to your point, I, I remember career day in high school, there was not a booth for medical intuitive, right? <laughs> it's like right. all the standard stuff. None of us, you know, say, oh, I'm going to have psychic abilities and use them in my career. I mean, it's just that wasn't a thing. Right. So, yeah, I I had like kind of the 
traditional, uh, you know, American dream. I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to, you know, be this big successful person by our, you know, collective consciousness's standards of what that means. So went to a top law school and in the middle of my second year of law school developed allergies. And it wasn't asthma, it was the upper respiratory stuff where just like constant sneezing and, it, you know, itchy mm. eyes, watery, and I was miserable. And it was before the days of Zyrtec and the stuff they have now that you can take and you don't get drowsy. So my options back then were take a Benadryl and then drink Diet Coke all day long to stay awake in my law school classes or don't take the Benadryl and just walk around the box of tissues. And when I graduated law school, I was hired um, in-house counsel for a bank out in North Carolina and came up here and my allergies went even, you know, got more crazy. And I just said, this is ridiculous. There's, there's got to be another way. And I started studying alternative medicine and I started studying homeopathy and, you know, herbs and supplements and flower essences and made the connection between my stress and my allergies. Like, wow, when I have more stress, my allergies are worse. So I decided I had to, you know, mitigate my stress and started studying, you know, did a little yoga and Tai Chi and tried to meditate. I was horrible at it and eventually developed a meditation practice and started studying Taoism and Buddhism. And then my Tai Chi instructor suggested, you know, that, Hey, you're seeing energy. I said, no, that's too airy fairy. I'm not seeing energy. <laughs> and, and, and she insisted and said, you should learn how to do Reiki or energy healing. And so I went and took a class in that. And then before I offered a friend an energy treatment, I would say, well, let me go upstairs and take off my lawyer suit and sit and meditate just to change channels in my brain. And when I would do that, I would just have a knowing that I couldn't explain of why my friend had a headache or why her husband's back went out. And I would hear a word or a phrase. And when I would share it with them, as I was giving them an energy treatment, they would say, that's accurate. How do you know that? I'd say, I don't know how I know that. And finally, the third time this happened, and I, I shared what I'd heard, and they said it was accurate. I went back upstairs and sat down in my meditation chair, and I said, who am I talking to? And my spirit said, welcome home. And tears just started rolling down my face. And she said, this is who you came here to be. Get ready. And I started sitting in meditation for three or four hours a day and just taking notes. And she would say, this is what it feels like when somebody has blood pressure medication in their system. And this is what it looks like. I'm going to show you this visual when somebody's lungs are compromised. And this is the, this is the, the emotions that lead to chronic fatigue. And these are some of the things to watch out for. And, and so I just was self-taught, I guess, in every sense of the word. And my friends got better and they told other people about it and a practice was born. And that was 20 years ago now. And so now doctors and therapists and acupuncturists will refer people to me whenever, quote, stress will make your condition worse. Because people, of course, throw up their hands and say, well, how are you going to, you know, eliminate stress? But I can watch when someone's talking and see their energy and I can say, okay, that thing is an annoyance, but that argument you're having with your brother ongoingly, that's the thing that's giving you migraines. And this thing, and so hearing a person, you know, I hear my spirit and she eventually taught me to hear my client's spirit. And so I can channel that person's spirit and give them information about how to navigate through the emotional stressors that are leading to physical symptoms. How long so, was that arc of, of learning of self-discovery? And I mean, we're always growing, right? In, in this right. art, but how long did it take for you to feel comfortable in like kind of getting out there more and more? Was it a few well, years I would or? say, I, I would, you know, I would say I'm somebody who throws herself in the deep end of the pool. I'm not a go slow kind of person. Like we rip uh -huh. that bandaid off quickly. So my spirit of course is the same way. And as soon as I started hearing this, I would say one or two new people showed up every week asking for help. And I was still had a regular job at that point. But um, I would say within a year, I'd quit the other work and was just doing this because my, I was married at the time. And my, my husband came home one day and he goes, I think you have to face the fact you have a practice because there's six people sitting in our living room and I don't know any of them. So they're not out guests. <laughs> so you, you've got to practice. Let's just admit this. It's not a dinner party. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's call it as we see it. It's like, okay, I have a practice. So I went right in an office and, you know, to, to do things now. But so, you know, it, it kind of just landed on me in that kind of sink or swim way. And I was delighted with it, but it was also something I just never saw coming. The, the term medical intuitive wasn't even out then. I didn't even know what to call myself at first. Right. So it's, it's, certainly, like you say, evolved and shaped over the years. And so, Christine, people come to you, they have an ailment, let's say a heart condition, or oh, why don't we start with the stomach, actually, because that's 
okay. in common, common, right? So there's some kind of stomach condition and they sit down with you. You close your eyes and tell us how it works. You get a message, you communicate it. How, how does the process yeah, so, unfold? So I would say my, my role as, as my spirit and my healing guides have explained it to me is not to necessarily diagnose, but to take people who have a diagnosis of a chronic condition. You know, we know it's nothing that's life-threatening that they really should be at the ER. But once you have a diagnosis, but you're not really sure how to navigate that and how to, to work with it more holistically, they'll come and explain to me, here are my symptoms. Here's what Western medicine says. You know, Now, where do we go from here? And as I'm listening to what they're saying, I'm watching their energy and I might ask them questions about, okay, tell me some of the, the three or four biggest stressors in your life. And then I watch their energy and they might you know, get a little bit of pink or yellow when they're talking about their child, which tells me, okay, there's a lot of happiness there, even though there's some stress. And and I'm watching both the colors and the way the energy moves in the body, how that stomach area tightens up. And then I'm going to close my eyes and connect to the client's spirit and say, okay, what do you want to tell me about the stomach issues? And usually her spirit will come in and go, well, here's what she said. Here's how I see it, right? And give you kind of that larger overall perspective because we live in our relationships and we see them the way we, we are afraid to see them or we hope to see them. And, and so a person's spirit comes in and kind of says, here's, here's how I get it. And the person says... Oh, that really resonates. I couldn't, I couldn't quite articulate that, but yeah, that's my truth. And I think that's the beauty of a session is to connect somebody with their deepest truth about what's going on. And that's very liberating. You don't even have to fix the problem. You just have to be able to connect to your truth about it. And stomach issues so often are a reflection of a part of our life. We're having trouble digesting. Hmm. And so a lot of times, or maybe all the time, whatever the physical symptom is, there's a spiritual cause and your job is to essentially help find what that spiritual cause is and help your client heal it, understand it, grow through it. Yeah. I would say your spirit, you know, your body is sort of like a giant answering machine, right? Or, Or the answering thing on your phone and your spirit is leaving you messages there all the time about things that need to be handled or addressed differently to maximize your happiness and your fulfillment. And those messages we call symptoms. And so when someone brings me a physical symptom, then I'm asking her spirit, okay, what are you really trying to tell him or her with this symptom? And when they don't listen, it gets worse. Yes. Right. <laughs> it does. They're like, oh, louder message? Sure. We can do that. <laughs> I've noticed that too. I don't know if you have Cody, but when I've worked with people and there's something like cancer or something really intense, often I have seen a correlation to a very deep spiritual pain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm sure you both have experienced that as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it seems like the body's a reflection of many of the things that are, are going on um, in that spirit, mental, emotional level. It's not all just physical. So it's, you know, it's interesting to be on the side where you're kind of looking at that bigger landscape and, and pointing out, like you say, those, when you point out that uh, misalignment or mm-hmm. that energy disconnect, that sometimes that's enough. You don't have to solve it or make it go away. The person just right. has to become aware of it. Right. Um, it's it's kind of a, it's a funny thing, you know, where growing up, we were told what you don't know can't hurt you. But as a reader, what I always say is what you don't know is the only thing that can hurt you. Right. <laughs> right? It's, it's like actively hurting you. That's the thing that gets you is what you don't know. And so raising awareness is all about coming into kind of a bigger circle of knowing things that are going on with yourself, you know, so. Right, um, right. So do you find when you are talking to that person's spirit, you know, you're communicating what comes through, does it often release by itself or do you then actively work, kind of feel yourself working as an energy healer? How's your process once you discover so a lot of times it, it requires the, the shift of the person. So, yeah. so for instance, the, the client I just had before this, this phone call was a woman who was saying, you know, had a, a lingering cough from, you know, a cold virus. And, and she said, and when I cough the right side of my throat, it like, there's like a muscle there that like seizes up. And in general, the right side of your body represents your future and the left side represents your past. So the fact that it was only affecting on one side was a clue. And so I asked her spirit, you know, what do you want to tell me about that? And in our throat is frequently like our fear of speaking our truth. And her spirit said, she's hesitant to speak this truth in this deal she's working on because she wants to be seen as a team player, but she knows there's a problem in this deal. Mm. And when I said that, she said, absolutely. Here's the deal. Here's why I think it's going to fall apart. And I don't know how to you know, handle that. 
So she had to, you know, her spirit gave her a suggestion. Well, what if you said it this way? And she's like, Ooh, that would work. Okay. I can, I can say it that way and still look like I'm doing my job and being a team player. And, and then with that, I saw that muscle relax, but then when I put healing energy into the last 10 minutes of a session, I do energy, whether it's long distance or in person, if they're here, do healing energy. And it's so much more powerful when the shift has already been made mentally, emotionally. Mm. And Christine, do you, if we were to map out like common symptoms, like head issues, stomach, chest, do you see common spiritual causes? Like you look at someone's heart and you're like, I saw this before. I've seen this before. Well, and I think that a lot of times our, our body is a, like a bit of a roadmap, right? So just like in our stomach, we tend to store a lot of things, you know, about things we're having trouble digesting. But I would say a real common place is like shoulder pain, right? And our shoulders and upper back have to do with how much responsibility we're taking on when we feel overwhelmed by responsibility, when we feel unsupported by the people closest to us, you'll see issues there. And when you see issues in the throat, it usually does have to do with speaking your truth. And when we see issues in like the, you know, with a uterus and bowels area, that usually is issues of feeling disempowered. The, the topics that go with that part of the body that get stored there, you know, we all have stressful thinking and stress in our, in our body. And we tend to store it in the, in the area of the body that kind of corresponds to that subject. So the, the subjects that kind of correspond to that, that hip pelvic area tend to be a lot of stuff around money, sex, and power. And, and so when people feel disempowered, whether around money or something else, they tend to have that area of the body be really out of balance. And I see a lot of dark colors, a lot of negative energy stored there. And it's common to get symptoms there, whether it's, you know, IBS symptoms or constipation or um, female reproductive issues, all that sort of stuff tends to be in that part of the body. And same thing with like low back pain, the real low back pain is behind that, that second shock or that hip area. And that tends to also be about feeling disempowered. And then stuff with the immune system frequently ends up being about understanding how the world works and the universe works and the universal rules and how fair you think the game is. That's kind of that global idea really impacts the immune system. So a lot of immune issues can be traced back to kind of how one feels safe or unsafe in the world. That's fascinating. And you also teach classes on this, right? You you teach people how to become medical intuitives. Well, and I think how to become your own medical intuitive. I think Mm -hmm. most people don't necessarily want to go out and do this for a living, but, but I think, you know, I always say, if you look at this like basketball, okay, I'm, I might be playing at a Michael Jordan level. My goal isn't to get, make everybody be Michael Jordan, but I can get you out and improve your game and teach you how to do it and how let you enjoy it. And so my classes focus on, you know, improving your own ability to hear your spirit, get that sense of intuition and get intuitive hits about things. And obviously a lot of people can't come to Charlotte, North Carolina, but, but I have an online class too. You can access it through my website um, on teachables.com that walks you through like the different types of meditation you can do to start connecting to your spirit, how to ask the universe questions, how to ask your spirit questions so that you're going to get an answer that's more accurate. Um, and there is a little bit of a science to it that I've figured out after 20 years of making mistakes. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. well, you are intuitive because I use that Michael Jordan basketball analogy like over a thousand times. I you, oh, there you always go. <laughs> use that analogy. <laughs> Whenever people come to the intuitive arts and they're like, they, you know, the most common question is like, don't you have to be born with it? Or can you actually develop, can you actually develop your intuitive abilities? And I always say, of course you can. And not everyone will become Michael Jordan, but everybody <laughs> can learn how to play basketball. And it's up to you how far you want to take it. Perfect. So I Perfect. always use the same, even with Michael Jordan. And I've always thought like, should I say LeBron James? I'm old, like Michael Jordan's not a thing anymore. <laughs> That's great. It's the last player, right? Michael Jordan's still the best. He's still yes, the best. He <laughs> I also always like to use that analogy, Christine, and say that, you know, if you want to learn basketball, go to Michael Jordan. He may not be able to uh, describe to you the physics of how basketball works as well as a physicist might, mm-hmm. but you definitely would prefer to learn basketball from him than some physicist sitting at a desk. Exactly. And so when I approach the intuitive arts, like I can't explain the physics behind every single piece. I mean, I think it'd be great if one day we could, maybe, maybe we won't be able mm-hmm. to, but I'm more of the player right? Yeah. Than the academic right. describing the playing. And I would, I would just, I don't know, what's your view on that? I think, I, I think the same thing. And I think that, you know, I remember once asking my guides, like, well, if you want everybody to believe this and it's so such truth, like, 
why doesn't God walk down the middle of the street? Like, why, why do we have to like stretch in faith so much? And my, my guide's response was, well, because then it would be called science, not faith. And it wouldn't mm-hmm. require much to believe in it. And it's, this is about believing and trusting how something feels as your experience of it. So back to your analogy, like, do you feel like you're enjoying yourself on the basketball court, whether or not you understand the physics of how the ball goes at a certain arc to, to make the, you know, a three-point basket? It's how does it feel when you're playing it? Are you enjoying it more? Do you feel more skillful? Do you, and it's teaching people to live less in their head, more in their emotions and in their body and in their you know, energetic bodies. And that's, that's its own transition because our culture in general doesn't encourage that, right? Because it's not related to productivity. Right. And when we choose to make that shift. Right. When we relate to it that way, then it changes the person, right? That's, it requires you to change to, to get like habit and to, um, Mm -hmm. to start to understand it. And there's so many things that we can um, know on a scientific level, even about things like happiness or stress reduction or anxiety reduction. We can know all the science behind it and not have it change our experience. So I think right. what we do, it's all about transformation. So it's all has to be an experiential thing because as you have the experience, that's where the transformation has. It's yes. not, well said. I mean, well you need said. a balance of both, but it's not all just. Right. I always say you have to have enough mental understanding to allow yourself to have the experience. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. People will hold themselves back. Like, I don't know if this is safe. I don't know if this makes sense. And then once you can cross whatever threshold barrier that is for them, then they'll jump in and have that experience. So it's like, if it's a, if you have a pool of water, you're gonna have to give somebody a basic idea of how to swim or that they have floaties on and they're not gonna drown, then they'll jump in and figure out the rest once they're in the water. Right. In order to dribble, you have to know that once you throw the ball down you and it comes back up, you have to hit it down again with your hand. That's right. all you need to know. Then right. you gotta dribble ten thousand times. Right. Then you're better. Yeah. I love the word I love the word dribble. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that a great word? It's so masculine. <laughs> so so christine for somebody listening at home or they're in the car or they're at work pretending to work but they're listening to us right now going "Ooh, medical intuition i want to know more and maybe they have an ailment right now maybe they have a stomach issue or or an allergy issue or whatever it happens to be what can somebody do on their own to start to heal one of these issues other than, you know, the normal, you know, medicines to use, I mean, on a spiritual level, energetic level, what can somebody do uh, right now to help themselves? So uh, first of all, there are a number of techniques to kind of what I call plug into your truth. I mean, certainly I can shortcut that for you and just say, here's what your spirit is saying is your truth. But I think that being able to develop those skill sets to do that for ourselves, I don't want to create dependence on me. I love teaching people to do it for themselves. And it it usually involves getting quiet and still so that you can know what you know, right? And one of my favorite Buddhist quotes is be still and know. Like it's all in there. We just don't make the time and space to go get it because we're so focused on high energy, high productivity all the time from the minute we get out of bed. So whether it's journaling or meditation or probably a combination of both, it's kind of giving yourself permission to go inside and get that information. I have free guided meditations on my website. There's lots of good ones out there on the web. And frequently I'll say to people, you know, if you have a symptom and you can't get in to see me right away, let's do a guided meditation to get you really centered and kind of focused inward. And then maybe journal a little bit and ask that part of your body, what are you trying to tell me? And people say, oh, that's not going to work. And then they'll call me back. Oh my God, it worked. Like I actually got what this is about. Just take in your mind's eye going into that part of the body that's tight and contracted like you would do a small child and saying, okay, what do you, what's the message here? What do you want? What do you want me to know? It's amazing how often you can start to get information. You might not get the whole picture and the suggested resolution, everything, but you can start on your way. And that's really empowering to people because in our culture, I think we're trained to see the body as a bio machine. Like, you know, it's a car and it's going to break down and the parts are going to wear out. And then you either replace them or, you know, patch it back together. And what I've learned from my spirit and, and thousands of client spirits is it's kind of the opposite. Your body can regenerate all the time. So when things happen, it's not about just using Western medicine or, or surgery or something to just patch over it or, or whatever. And sometimes, of course, that's necessary. But first, especially with chronic conditions, I want to ask, you know, how can I support myself better? How can I get to my truth? How can I handle this in a way that feels empowering? And like my body is actually working for me, not against me. Mm. That brought up two ideas for me. One is that 
we live in a in the world kind of the natural worldview that we live in is a very mecha- mechanistic materialistic yeah. and reductionist worldview which is mm-hmm. i just break something into parts i will understand what it is right. and and everything that matters is made of matter right it's and only, we can just, just fix inherent. the parts yeah yeah just fix the part hey just <laughs> fix the fix my head fix my yeah. stomach just fix it so i can go back to being a jerk the rest of the day <laughs> and then it just manifests somewhere else and then come back it's a great way to stay in business right just deal with people who don't want to deal with their own stuff oh, well i'll say as soon as somebody tells me that they have a symptom that has migrated around in their body like i have highs but first they're on my shoulder now they're on my hip now they're here you know that's like the spirit actually kind of like making sure the symptom runs away so it has to be it can't be dealt with in the traditional way they have to do something outside of the box whether it's me or an acupuncturist or something else but those weird symptoms, as soon as somebody says, I've got really weird symptoms, I'm like, then you're right where you should be. Because that's, you know, that's the body and the spirit attempting to evade the standard Western kind of reductionist technique. Yeah. yeah. And it'll always, it's like a toothpaste bottle. You squeeze it, it'll just go somewhere else no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Uh, we can't run from our problems. <laughs> and so the, the other piece that was coming to me while you were talking about this is that life doesn't punish us for no reason. Like there's no punishment. Yes. It's not, things aren't happening for no reason. Like you're getting sick because your spirit wants you to awaken to something that you're not conscious of. Yes. Thank you. That's a brilliant point. I mean, I think that one of my things that I love to say is things aren't happening to you. They're happening for you. Mm-hmm. And so would you go as far as saying maybe all of our physical ailments on some level have a spiritual root cause? I mean, is life here to sometimes just smack us upside the head for no reason? Or is there always a reason? I think there's <laughs> always a reason because nothing in the universe is random. Hmm. And I think that when we're all raised to believe, I mean, that, you know, those those phrases, you know, crap just happens and that sort of thing is it's a way of, of kind of freeing us from responsibility for that, which we don't understand or making us feel better because everybody else has to suffer too. And yet at the, at the end of the day, it's very unsettling. And I think leads to a lot of people having this sense of anxiousness and to know that everybody's spirit is, is choreographing those major events. I mean, I don't think your spirit choreographs, you know, what you say to the guy when you bump into him with your cart in the grocery store, but the major events in our life, I know they're choreographed because I'll meet somebody, you know, and she's, five minutes pregnant. I'm like, Oh, you're gonna have a little girl. She's like, I am. How do you know that? And I'm like, well, because that's your karmic contract. Like I'm already hearing you're gonna have a girl and then two boys. And, and it's not that that's not, I'm this brilliant psychic. I'm just, I'm just able to know what she's scripted for herself because her spirit had that laid out. How many babies is Cody going to (laughs) have? No, I'm already David's the one that's at that point. <laughs> Here's a big news flash. Cody's never having a baby. Yeah, <laughs> He's I'm never, never gonna get pregnant. David he already can't. has one. Cody already has one. I am Cody's second baby. Yeah, that's right. You've been listening to this show for a while. You may not know that, but he's been <laughs> nurturing me. <laughs> David needs a lot of nurturing. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, high maintenance, baby. High maintenance, I'm, baby. I'm a, <laughs> this show has gone off the rails. Baby David. <laughs> baby David. We want to hear baby David. <laughs> All the questions in my mind, Christine, have just, they're just gone. gone. Just gone, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the embarrassment just shot them out like rockets. <laughs> oh, How, so so somebody sits down. They're like, "All right, Christine says, focus in on the place in my body that's been bothering me, that's been hurting. Let's mm-hmm. let's say it's in the stomach. They go into the stomach, and they're like, ah, oh, there's tension, there's stuckness. They hit some level of resistance. Like, damn it, this has been going on so long, and." You know, this is a very common place to get in meditation, whether it's like with a thought or with a feeling or with a physical, you're saying with get in, get in there with the physical symptom and sit with that. So they get to that place and it's like, oh, it hurts. This is where a lot of us get stuck. Like, all right, now we're always used to like, all right, now I have to do something or I have to manipulate it or do I run a certain color energy through it or give it a mantra? If I give my stomach a mantra, (laughs) you're saying... You're saying ask it a question like you would to a child? Yeah, like what, you know, what are you trying to tell me with that tension, with that upset, with that, you know, acid reflux, with that whatever. And I, you know, I, I think it, at the risk of sounding overly simplistic, 
almost everything distills down into our relationships. I mean, we live in our relationships. And so people usually are referred to me because of physical symptoms. And But I've had clients I've had for 19, 20 years. And the reason people stay with me is they, they usually you know heal pretty quickly from their physical symptom once they get the message and act on it and make those shifts. They continue coming because eventually they, they start coming in for a session, whether it's once a month or once every three months, they come in to kind of do this check-in of like, here are the areas that are starting to feel uncomfortable emotionally. I want to get my spirit's guidance on how to make those shifts and handle them before I even become symptomatic. And it doesn't mean they never get physical symptoms because we all have our blind spots, but their, their overall health improves and they don't need the physical symptoms at that same level because now they're paying attention in a different way. And they're, they've got, they've got a better communication system. So your, your spirit communicating with you through physical symptoms is a clumsy system. Very few of us even speak that language. So of course it's a clumsy system, but before you get a physical symptom, I promise something felt emotionally and mentally uncomfortable and you ignored it and you suppressed Mm. it and you kept being the team player and you kept doing what was expected of you and being the people pleaser or being responsible or whatever you, for whatever reason you use to shove that down when it felt uncomfortable until eventually your spirit starts then bringing you what we call synchronicities, a song on the radio, a bumper sticker that says, you know, call that person or whatever it is that your spirit starts trying to arrange outside intervention, outside things to give you messages. And when that still doesn't work, then your body gets symptomatic. So there is that progression. It's not that your spirit just goes, you know, David's being kind of a jerk today. Let me just send him a migraine. It doesn't work that way, right? It's not your <laughs> oh. <conversation>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so David's very sensitive too. It's very, sorry. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's it's much more accurate to understand it as it's this buildup of something that is uncomfortable that we don't know how to deal with, so we don't deal with it. Right. And it be, then becomes symptomatic, and it doesn't mean it's your fault to have the physical symptoms. Again, this is this is not the you know or how we were all trained. Growing in, you know, I always say growing up in, you know, going to high school, middle school and high school, I wish there was a class on relationships, a class on self-identity. You know, I could have used that way more than calculus. Let me tell you, I never used calculus, could have used the relationship one all the time. (laughs) And so we weren't taught to view our bodies this way. We weren't taught to focus on how we feel and what we're doing with those emotions that feel uncomfortable. So it's naturally they just kind of get shoved down until they turn into physical matter, some kind of physical symptom. And then we give ourselves permission to notice it. So it sounds like listening to our spirit is the more efficient way to stay on our path and grow because spirit brings that message to us first before it beats us over the head with the two by four. (laughs) It subtly says, put your attention here. Look at this. Do Um, this. Yeah. Which is why meditation, I think, is such a cornerstone of all of the work. And we're, David and I are very much into teaching people how to meditate and the whole meditation thing Mm -hmm. because that connects us with really that guidance system for our growth and our steps and Mm -hmm. moving forward. And even hearing that, now you you talked about this idea that um, we come in maybe with a plan that our own spirit created. It's not like some outside thing, but we already have an agreement or an idea of what we want to create in our, in a given lifetime and perhaps what kind of relationships we want to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you think of that relative to like free will? Cause there's this kind of battle between those two ideas sometimes yeah. of is everything <laughs> planned out for us or do we have no, free not will? Everything. Right. I to explain to me is that some percentage of, of what we experience what let's say 20% just because I'm making up a number that's you know not based on anything but so 20% we script out beforehand and those are the major players in our life you know that amazing high school teacher you had just when you were doubting your ability to be a writer or you know these different things that that the universe can kind of arrange for you because your spirit requests it as part of shaping your character in this lifetime like you're you know writing a character in a movie and so you choose the parents based on the issues you want to have and you you know you choose these key players and then there's also some portion of, of, of it, maybe another 20% that is strictly about how thoughts create. And I say only 20% because I think what's left in the middle, if you've got those two things on either side, everything in the middle is all the divine assistance that we're given ongoingly. And I think those two end brackets inform the divine assistance. Like when this you know, student is ready, the teacher will appear. Or when I start creating something differently, then all of a sudden all my other relationships shift. And all those things I think are how the the universe, whether it's God or angels or guides or, you know, the divine oneness, 
all of that kind of pulls in from those two sources and creates for us ongoingly. And it's just this giant feedback loop. That's how I understand it. Yeah. I like that. So we kind of create a map that, but we have to walk the path, right? So then I I met a couple, I do a lot of couple sessions and I met a couple once and they said, you know, once we got together and started dating, we realized we went to the same college, but never met each other. And, and then we, we spent a year at a same grad school program abroad, never met each other. And here we met at an airport and their spirits came in and said, yes, <laughs> what we had to do to get these two to meet was like, like that was our contract. And yet we just couldn't, we finally had to delay that one person's plane just to get them to meet each other. So right. yeah, they were determined. <laughs> I was just watching this new Netflix special on Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft and something mm-hmm. interesting similar happened with him meeting Melinda Gates, where like she was late to a uh, conference and she walked in there was two seats left she sat down and then he walks in and he was late and he sat next to her and then nothing ever unfolded and they ran into each other again somewhere else and it was like very serendipitous and they're on the brink of eliminating polio from the planet they're like so so close and it's just like these two people meeting this these chance yeah. meetings and here they are decades later like he could never do it without her because he's so intelligent and smart but she, seems like she brought this entire other side of philanthropy and she brought him into it and it's just i was just watching it last night going oh this is so beautiful there's love there's saving the <laughs> earth and he saving children there's so much good stuff <laughs> yeah their spirits were determined to bring that together for so, sure so determined it made me cry. Anyway, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. It's called, I think it's called Bill's Brain or I, I can't remember the exact title, but I, yeah, I can't remember either. I saw I have Cody's Netflix password. So I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> That's how I nurture David. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I noticed, Christine, about is getting back to this topic of like, is it destined or do it mm-hmm. free will? What I found working with people one-on-one a lot, looking at them is that it also kind of depends on their level of awareness. Like uh-huh. if somebody's just like a walking program, like they're just, they just do what they're told, how they're programmed, what they think is right. There's not too much awareness and self-agency. Then it's almost like more of their path is determined. And uh-huh. like the more they awaken to who they are, the more malleable it becomes. And as paradoxical as that seems, that's just what I've always noticed with people. Like some people could bend the world to their will and Mm -hmm. others it's just like, yeah, I know how, we both know how this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's really accurate. I think that's a really good assessment actually, because I think that, I think the universe protects itself. So the universe isn't going to give like great, like the great creative abilities, this person who bends the universe of their will to somebody who doesn't have good awareness and isn't an old evolved soul. Mm. You know, the day somebody gets their driver's license, we're not giving them the key to the Ferrari. We're giving them the key to the old Mazda, right? (laughs) And letting them practice on that before we give them something that they could really hurt themselves and others with. And this is very esoteric or I don't know what to call it, but could you probably agree we've seen like around certain people maybe like guides that keep them from crossing certain boundaries until they're right. ready until their awareness reaches a certain place yeah. so they don't hurt themselves or others uh it kind of obviously that's only to a certain degree but I've, I've i've experienced that working with people where like oh hold up you're not you're not at that place yet or you need to take this yeah step to get initiated to be able to experience that yeah like experiencing that as an intuitive where it's like you can't don't tell you can't tell them that right they're Mm -hmm. not ready to use that information properly and so there are on occasion there are those uh kinds of blocks it's interesting that you know that level of freedom comes with growth and david you said it's kind of paradoxical i think one of the things that as you grow or evolve as a spirit and and you get out of say just relying on the programming to guide the way, but you have those choices Uh, that, you know, that sounds wonderful, but when you get there, that requires taking a lot of responsibility that requires, like, it's a whole different kind of thing when you see all that. I don't know if we call it freedom or just the potential and wherever you put your energy, uh, create something. And then it comes back at you when you start to see that game. That's like a big evolutionary step. And I think we're taking it a -hmm. lot in our, um, I think that's what people are struggling struggling with in the culture um, is they're really seeing that 
cause and effect. And and I don't know, it's like everybody's kind of being pushed to to take a step on that level. But I think I think you're right that it's a lot of responsibility, but with that responsibility comes empowerment. Mm-hmm. So the more you understand how the universe works and how you can start using energy to create the things you want, how you can start informing your guides and your spirit of what you want. And the universe, in my opinion, rewards increased awareness. I don't think God or your spirit needs you to fix something. They need you to understand the choices you're making more consciously and to, to be into your, in your heart about doing that. And mm-hmm. so when I ask a prayer that just says, you know, God, bring me this material possession, you know, I got a slim chance of getting it. But when I say, when I pray on behalf of somebody else, or I pray and I ask for guidance about this or that almost always happens. And, and so I think that there's responsibility that comes with it, but it's a sense of reassurance that things aren't random. And just because I don't know the answer yet, doesn't mean there isn't an answer. There's always an answer. There's always a reason why each thing is happening. And when people come to me, with their story of tragedy and say, you know, this awful thing happened. My boyfriend cheated on me. Then this happened. Then I got fired and all these things that look like a tragedy. Usually their spirit will say, here's how I'm setting this up to help you. And people invariably leave here. It doesn't mean they're not fired or their boyfriend's still back with them, but but they leave here going, okay, I get it. I get it. How this is helping me. I get it. How it's being done for me, not to me. And even though there's still pain involved, I can, I can have a sense of gratitude about it. Yeah. I love that. Can you share, Christine, with us a an experience, like a miracle story of you and a client where like both of you are just like, wow, for someone okay. who's never experienced an intuitive medical intuitive reading, like, can you just share one of those experiences sure. with us? Sure. I have, I think because I was a lawyer, I tend to get a lot of these kind of lawyer skeptic types. <laughs> so one story <laughs> that I actually talk about mentioned in my in my book. That I wrote some years back was a lawyer and she had been in a car accident and in the car accident, she, it, it almost looked like she'd had a stroke and at first they thought she had, but there was just some, some damage, some swelling in the brain. And when that calmed down, the symptoms abated, but she, she talked with a stutter. She had trouble using one side of her body and she eventually went through rehab and got everything back, went back to work as a powerful lawyer doing her job. And then one day she was, she was out and heard this loud noise as if two cars hit each other and her symptoms came back more severe than ever. And she kept thinking, well, this will, this will shift. This will hear. She did some of the physical therapy stuff. Nothing got better. And so somebody told her about me, at which point she rolled her eyes. And after a few more weeks where she basically, her boss said, you know, I, I hate to sound rude, but you can't go into negotiations anymore. You sound like Porky Pig, like you're stuttering. You, you're not giving the client confidence. And she was going to have to take a medical leave of absence. And so she, she came in for a session. And what her spirit said is that that loud noise re-triggered the emotional trauma from the car accident that hadn't healed. And that when that original trauma happened to her brain, her brain created a secondary circuitry to like a workaround, like when somebody has a stroke. And that was used temporarily until she healed enough physically, mentally, emotionally to kind of flip back onto the normal track of her brain thinking. And that when that accident that she heard the sound of the metal screeching and crashing, it flipped it back over to that other neural pathway. And her spirit had me lay her down on the, on the treatment table and guided me to put energy in to close down that secondary neural pathway. And I did it. And I was thinking, oh God, I hope this works. <laughs> and, I, and as I did it, I could see it was like taking, you know, like cauterizing it and just closing down those neural pathways. And when she sat up, the stutter was gone. And the other side of her body worked and it, and it's never come back because it's not available wow. as an option for her brain anymore. That's so cool. But in the meantime, she also had to recognize there was still some unhealed stuff from the accident. And then we spent the rest of the session talking about that to release that out of the body. So she's not holding on to that, that trauma. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So she was a believer. Did that, uh, <laughs> did that make the skeptic a believer? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Believer. Big time believer. I, I mean, I could really resonate with that story again, Christine. uh, uh, I was all about you, David. I'm your new other co-parent. I know. uh, Cody and Christine taking care of baby David. (laughs) Can I get your Netflix password too? (laughs) So uh, (laughs) what I was going to say is when I was a kid, I was in a massive car accident as well and almost wow. died. And when I was, when I was six 
And one time, I've never shared this, first time we're sharing this on the show, uh, Cody was giving me a healing back in the day. Cody, you don't even remember this, I'm sure. Uh, Probably not. In Hawaii, he was teaching a hands-on healing series and I was on the table and he was uh, and he put his hand on me and he was like, oh, it looks like you experienced some real physical trauma, like something very severe. Uh, and uh, and there's still some energy stuck there that hasn't quite healed. And I, you know, never told him or anybody about this car accident. And I was immediately like hit me like, oh, there it is. No, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> and so to this That's me. Go right for the pain. Right, 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 in, the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Just right in there. Right in there. Does that hurt when I poke that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what happens when I do that? <laughs> Yeah, I'll notice. I'm still to this day a little skittish sometimes, and I'm like a super safe driver. Uh, and these things affect us so much more than we think we realize. So much more than we realize. And and the healing is not always that obvious, like how to heal. And I and I've worked with so many people that have sat in therapy for decades, and they do some energetic sessions, and then something just like totally shifts. Yeah. They instead because instead of just being in their head, they're actually doing the work in their bodies. Well, I was, when you were talking, telling that story about the car accident, one of the things I heard is that was actually about your mom, mm. that, that the reason that occurred was for the learning it brought her. Mm. And, and so like to release that fear that you have about like trying to be a cautious driver, because I don't, I don't feel like that's in your script. Now that doesn't mean you can't, you know, back into somebody in the Best Buy parking lot because you're, you know, texting and not paying attention. That <laughs> can certainly occur. But as far as like a major traumatic injury from a car accident, I just, doesn't feel like it's part of your script. It feels like it's part of her. So to the mm. degree that you can let that go and like send blessings to her for what she had well, to learn you're, there. You're too good, Christine, because just a few weeks ago, she was in a big car accident and her car was smashed. Mm. Uh, and luckily, she's okay. But that, that actually just happened. Pretty There's well. a little bit of tuning out that she does when she drives and it's oh, her yeah. response to fear. And that's what's putting at risk for that. Hmm. Well, mom likes to listen to these episodes. So that, uh, <laughs> mom, listen to Christine, watch the road. <laughs> watch the road. <laughs> Yay, we assessed me. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, so. yeah that's, you know, it's, it is interesting how much these kinds of things affect us and how we don't realize that sometimes they lay dormant. So they're affecting us in a, a way that's not real obvious until they get re-triggered. Yeah. And, and in those neural pathways, once they get re-triggered, we kind of have this deep groove when it was something that was survival oriented that we're like, yes. depend, yeah. that, those are the strongest ones that can come up and, and take over and kind of hijack everything else. I agree. And when you get stuck in them, it's so uh, difficult to get out of them on your own. That's where mm -hmm. an outside healer can help. And it is all about, that reconnection, everything coming back together, because in, in that moment, we got disconnected from ourselves. Yeah. So whether, you know, maybe there's the pain is in one compartment and the emotion is in another, and then our whole spirit went off somewhere else. And well, and I we bring all that we, together. Whenever we suppress something, because we don't know how to deal with it. Right. right. Whenever we suppress something, it distorts and comes out another way. Mm -hmm. So something big, like you're talking about, where it totally hijacks your response, but also the little things. I always say, like when, when someone gives you a response that you're like, oh, so overreacting or so disproportionate or whatever, that to me is like a little billboard sign that says, you know, there's something else going on here. There's another right. pain that is, is informing this, that's, that's motivating that reaction. And so now, like I said, a lot of clients and they know when they've had some sort of thing, they're like, whoa, that was a big reaction. That you know, I should not have reacted that way because my husband asked me to buy a different flavor toothpaste. I should not have just lost my stuff, right? So, so when they when they notice, oh wait, there's something going on, and they know the signs of unhealed stuff starting to come to the surface, and then they can come in and go, okay, this is this is what this is our starting point, and then we kind of you know unearth down from there. Mm. Yeah. And you get free. When you do that, you become oh, free yeah. of this thing that's been controlling you unconsciously for so freaking long. And yeah. so I think a lot of people don't realize is that like, if you do the work, there's so much more freedom that opens up for you. Absolutely. Also, you get energy back. The, all those little mm. things are such an energy drain and we don't realize mm -hmm. that until we release it and suddenly, 
you just have like way more energy. Well said. Like, well where'd said. that come from? Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of energy to keep all that stuff, like little lumps of coal stored in your body. You've got to, you've got to keep that bound up, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so Christine, anybody who wants to work with you or take classes with you, uh, where can they find you? Um, my website is christinelang.org, O-R-G. And you can email me, Christine at christinelang.org. And happy to add, you know, you can add yourself to my mailing list. I can do it for you. You can, you know, if you're going to ask me for a session, I'll tell you now to save you one step. If you're going to ask for a session, I, I'm going to ask you for a recent photograph and one or two sentences about your symptoms. Because, you know, I never want to waste somebody's time or money. So I always pre-screen. And if somebody writes to me and says, okay, I've got, you know, recurring migraines. And I'm like, send me a picture. And sometimes I'll connect in meditation to her spirit based on that photo. And then her spirit will say, actually, she's going to get more relief from acupuncture because it's one hormonal thing that's out of balance that I'm going to refer her to the acupuncturist. And so I will, you know, always ask for a photograph. So to, to save yourself the step, if you know, you want a session, send me a recent photo of yourself or your child, if it's, you know, a question about your child and and you can't make appointments for your husbands. They actually have to make them themselves. It's <laughs> um, probably so common, right? Oh my yeah. God, please fix him. Like they don't just like put him on my doorstep, like fix him, you know, but um, <laughs> no, the person actually has to ask for the session. So. It's, it's a common occurrence in classes. We have people show up, you know, you can tell the, the guy that's there because he was told. His wife drug him there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> his wife drug him there to fix him and. He's got to learn to meditate and it's going yeah. to fix him. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that so many times. <laughs> I know. It's hysterical. <laughs> and, and so you do one-on-one -on -one work with people and then you also teach classes. I do. I do one-on-one -on -one work. I do classes. I also do a lot of couple sessions. Oh, um, interesting. It's, I have I have quite a few therapists who come to me to do couple sessions because they say it's like, you know, several months of therapy in one hour because... I'll let each person speak. Okay. What do you think the issue is about? He says, I think it's about, you know, she doesn't like when I say no to spending. And she says, well, I think it's about this, this, and this. And then their spirits come in and say, actually, here's what it's really about. When he says no to spending, it triggers her image of her father when she was in seventh grade saying this, this, and this. And when he sa he says this, and then they go, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just done. Right. So it's so much faster. <laughs> so those sessions are a lot of fun as well. And I've, I've also been brought in by some of my corporate clients. I work with a lot of executives and some of them will bring me in to do small group sessions to either build teamwork or to just change the corporate environment wow. uh, by having them just have a basic awareness of their stress and how they act out their stress at work with other people. So just improving communication. So I really customize it based on what's going on. I've been called into a private school where the teachers are about to go on strike and just different situations where whether it's teaching them a certain breathing technique and then asking everybody to share something or walking through certain exercises. The thing about being intuitive is it, I think if you're, if you use your intuition, you can, you can be better at whatever you're trying to do. I mean, I think the best plumber in the world and the best heart surgeon, they're all really intuitive and right? it just mm -hmm. informs, gives you that uh, divine assistance from the other side. Um, so I love using it for all different things, but most of my work are private sessions. And the classes that I teach, those are a lot of fun. When a company brings you in, do they say, hey, this is medical intuitive Christine Lang? Or are they like, she's a meditation teacher? Sometimes they'll say, uh, I've been called everything. Sometimes they'll say medical intuitive. It depends. If it's companies so out in LA, when I lived out in LA, they would like, I got brought in. They're like, it's a medical intuitive, right? They just throw yeah. me into the deep end. But yeah. some of the companies that I've gone to, like in the Northeast and stuff, they'll say, she teaches uh, meditation and other stress techniques, and she can see your energy, so she'll know if you're stressed and lying. I'm like, don't put them up. <laughs> Everybody like hides behind their you know papers. But, yeah. um, so it, it depends on what, who's who's bringing me in and what they feel comfortable saying. If I come into the HR department, then it gets couched in you know HR appropriate kind of language. If it's an executive that brings me in and just kind of throws me at his people and says, you know, here, fix this. It's so funny because in so many other, I've lived in other places and other cultures where like spirituality is just so uh, threaded into 
life that mm-hmm. that would never even be you'd bring somebody into a company or into a school and it's just part oh they're a spiritual teacher a healer a shaman right. a guide like that's just who they are that's, normal yeah yeah like a yeah. plumber an electrician a, a lawyer but in our society people freak out over yeah. that and it's amazing that this one topic there's almost nothing else right it's this one thing around spirituality where you go into the corporate world or education system it's like untouchable even yeah. me when I teach at universities, like they never mention that part of my work because they would not because they don't want to, because they would be they would get in trouble and be ostracized right. for it. Yeah. But then I get all these emails like on the side, like, hey, I really I heard, what, I heard what you <laughs> really do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to read it. It is funny it, it, that there's such a I don't know what it is, a, a, a stigma and a feeling of like a taboo. People, like free yeah, freezing if you say you're psychic. I always used to joke people ask like how do you introduce yourself in, in terms of what you do you know having a daughter and you meet so many just other parents and those kinds of relationships are, are different right they're right. they're just a certain thing and I say well if I want to have a conversation with them I tell them I'm a meditation teacher and if I want to stop the conversation I just tell them I'm a psychic yeah <laughs> That's what I say. For me, it's airplane rides. If I've got to fly across the country, I got five hours. If I don't want to talk to you, I say I teach meditation because then they go, Oh, yeah, I should really do that. And they go back to their book because then they, (laughs) the conversation ends. What are we going to talk about? But if I say, Oh, I'm medical intuitive, they go, Can I ask you about this tooth that's bothering me? And I'm like, I got five hours of this, right? (laughs) Yeah. Can you look at this? If I say I'm a psychic around here, they go, don't look at me. And they just kind of sidle away. Well, you live in a very Christian place. But if I'm uh, meditation, people can have that. They they kind of ask about that. Most people say, yeah, I should learn to do that. I'm really stressed. You know, I I have the opposite in LA. And since you lived here, you know, Christine, it's like too much of the woo-woo. I'm like, oh, I'll leave it at the door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's funny depending on where you are. So I don't want to hear. We're gonna have to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Well, exactly. yeah, I go out and teach in LA, and yeah, I do. did for years uh, every month, and and it's it's definitely open in that way. Like yes. the woo woo is is like it's like thing. the mecca. Say, yeah, yeah, but I would say if anything, it's like it's so open that it, everybody becomes kind of the flavor of the month. Like I noticed that right. when I lived in LA, like my celebrity clients, it was like, well, last week I used, you know, the shares astrologer this month, I'm going to come see you. And the next month I'm going to go do both. And I was like, okay, you know, they're just kind of cycling through for the, you know, wild wow right. factor. And the excitement I've experienced that. Um, and that gets old because it's not people who really wanted to do spiritual work. They're just they're not doing for, the work. Yeah. Yeah. They're just looking for entertainment for the hour. But um, yeah, they're like, I have a lot of money. Just fix me. Yeah. I, have an, I have another appointment at four. So just yeah, do the I'm magic. Yeah, my nails done at five. So can we get this sore throat thing taken care of? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've experienced that a lot here. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. But everywhere, like it's rare to find people that are willing and ready to do the work. And they're, they'll take information from you and go, ah, oh, and they'll shift their own energy. Like it's, yeah. it's actually not that common. I would say is that's probably the biggest shift I've noticed in my practice in the last 10 years as I've, as I've gotten really clear that this work is so valuable and that there are those people out there. I feel like I, I just put out the prayer, like, let me be like a lighthouse and find the people who want to do their work. And that's virtually all my clients now. It's so rare that I, I love guess that. Do it, do it. Yeah. And it was part of what informed, you know, motivated me to move back to the East coast too. I do feel like people kind of dig in and do their work a little more on the East coast. Sorry, mm-hmm. West coast. There's lots of great things out in the West Coast too. But I just, in this area, I really notice that. And I really have an easy time attracting that. And I think that once people make the connection between doing their work and like you guys are saying, feeling better, feeling freer, having more energy, feeling better mentally, emotionally, and energetically, then it's not, it's not work. It's just like, oh, it's a release, right? It's like taking off the tight shoes or the tight pair of pants. You're just like, oh, I feel so much better. Now they're seeking it all the time. And my clients, when they start to feel wound tight in any way, they're they're looking for that release through meditation or journaling or a session with me or somebody like you guys. They're they're like, okay, I know how to fix this. Let me do it before it becomes the physical symptom. Oh, that's mm. great. Yeah, you really have to kind of set the energy, the tone for working with those people who are willing to do the work because yeah. otherwise it's, well, it's 
frustrating and it's a drain. And it's a drain. In such a big way. So well, if you're listening to... Oh, I was going to say, if you're listening to this and you want to work with Christine, don't be a drain. You get there and do the, <laughs> sit down and you do, do the work. work. You got to be. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to call you out on another episode of Energy Matters. We're going to do this. right. Follow up. Be like, hey, who, tell us who didn't, t- tell us who didn't do it. <laughs> Santa's naughty list. Here are yeah. people who didn't do it. <laughs> but I, you know, I think that's a reflection of the, especially around the medical stuff of the culture of going to a doctor and saying, fix me. Versus alternative healing, which is, okay, what can I do to fix this? And those are two very different approaches and mindsets where, where, you know, give me a pill, take the thing out, just fix me so I can go back to, you know, what I'm doing rather than what can I do? What do I need to change to fix this and ultimately to become a better person? Well, we live Um, in a culture of instant gratification. And looking outside of ourselves for something to make us feel better or look better, because that's what runs the marketing machine and sells products. So we were right. all conditioned that way from the time we were young. Don't try to fix it all yourself. Go to the experts. And then Western medicine got, as we learned more and more, everybody had to specialize because no one doctor could learn all of it. And so that whole compartmentalization thing came up and that kind of disenfranchised the whole healing process. And so this idea of having it be holistic where everything informs everything else. I have well-intentioned doctors who have called me and said, okay, my patient came to you and got better. How did you do it? Teach me what you know. And I quickly have empathy for them because they get overwhelmed as I try to say, well, ask them about their stress and it loops into this. And here's how that turned into it. And they're like, oh my God, I'd have to go back and get a therapy degree or be a psychologist. I can't do all this. I'll just send them to you. And I, I get that. I mean, they yeah. have to still follow their, their standards of protocol so it really is up to the individual to become a quarterback for his own, you know, healing team to go, okay, let's take this holistic approach. What are all the areas of me that need to be addressed to feel better? Yeah. I love that. I thank so. you, Christine. And, and yeah. thank you for being here with us and sharing your light and all your wisdom. And uh, I'm like, oh, I think I got a little healing today. Baby David got a healing. <laughs> Baby, David. <laughs> Baby David's happy. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, it's really yeah, great. Thank it's, you, Christine. It's christinelang.org if you want to check out some of her work, have a session. And um, thank you everyone so much for listening again to the Energy Matters podcast. And we will see you next time. Be well. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the Energy Matters podcast with Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.com.